This is Joseph Rohn, Corporate Learning Consultant with A Fool for Learning. And today, for our final podcast, I'm joined by Ron Citrin of Long & Foster Real Estate. As mentioned in the last two podcasts with Ron, he's consistently ranked upon, uh, among the top 1% of realtors nationwide and among the top 30 agents within Long & Foster. Ron and I are both members of Network Bethesda, a weekly breakfast meeting of local business professionals where ideas, conversations, and referrals are exchanged. Again, thank you so much, Ron, for agreeing to be on my podcast, Foolish Thoughts. Glad to be here, thank you. Our, our final podcast for today will focus on training and your training and learning experience. And in particular, what I'd like to do is focus on what was probably the best training that you've taken. It could be on, on leadership, it could be on time management, it could be on sales. I really don't care, but it's one of those, those, those training sessions where it's a live session. You're, you're, you're here with the others on your team for a day, two days, three days, whatever the case might be. And I'll also share a little bit about the one that I've considered the best training that I have ever taken on leadership. On leadership. So, but Ron, I'd like to have you tell me a little bit about the training that you thought has been the best one for you and for your team. Sure. There's, you know, sometimes there's a moment in time where you learn something new and your entire life pivots. And this training session did that for me. And you have to go back to uh, 1994. I'm my first year in real estate. I'm I cannot figure out how this works. I'm struggling. Um, our bank account is as close to zero as mm -hmm. it can possibly get. And someone invites me to go to a, um, someone who, who is really a leader in the field in terms of sales, invites me to go to a training seminar with them. And I think, oh yes, anything, because I, I know how lost I am. I can, I can recognize mm -hmm. that, that I need something to latch onto to understand how this works. So I, I say, yes, I'll go to it. And, I, and I'm scared that I don't even have the money to pay the, the bill mm -hmm. to get into the seminar. And then I find out the seminar's in Chicago and I have to fly to the no seminar cheap. and stay in a hotel. <laughs> like, how am I gonna pay for this thing? But here's the point, I, I do, you know, I go. And I arrive in this big conference room and across the top of, you know, the, uh, hanging from the ceiling are these three banners. And it's think big, think bigger, and think even bigger. And, and the, the trainer went on to, to, to say that most of us, we just, we're just sort of stuck in our own way, our own rut, and we, and we have a lot of what he called self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Did I have self-limiting beliefs at that time? Of course I did, and do I still have them today? Of course I do. But, but what I understood for the first time is to recognize, yes, but we, can think, we don't have to believe them. So it, was, so it was three things that I learned on that day. The first is just start thinking bigger. Like, stop thinking, oh, I just have to make one sale. Why don't you just think, hey, by the end of this year, I want to make 30 sales. Like, let's really expand mm -hmm. the scope, of, you know, and what? And by the end of this, you know, next three years, I want to be a top agent. And by the end of the decade, you know, what do I want mm -hmm. in terms of how I'm thinking? Mm -hmm. Let's think on a bigger scale and build towards that. That instantly creates a big pivot, but you can't make that pivot until you understand the second concept. And that is that we all have a voice in our head. And the voice in our head is the creator of these limiting beliefs, typically. And I had just always believed the voice in my head. Like if the voice in my head said, that person's friendly, or that person's this, or, this, or I can do this, or I'm that, that's just what I believed. And I realized for the first time 
that I don't actually have to believe the voice in my head. I know it seems like such a, a simple concept, but in 1990, you know, and now there's a lot of books on that, right, right? right? Okay, so it's easy to look back at this in 2019 and say, mm -hmm. oh yeah, doesn't everybody know that now? But in 1994, I didn't know that. Right. This was a long time ago. And, and just to interrupt, yeah. when, when you're starting out, you don't know these things. You know, there, there's lots of things you don't know, lots of things you're unsure of. And, you know, it's amazing that you realized I need help. And, and you went and took the chance. You, you, you jumped. You took that giant leap money-wise, time-wise to kind of do this. And I didn't mean to interrupt, but I thought it was important to make, make this point now that you realized you needed help. And you went and you did it and you took that. And, and, and realize that, so. Yeah, so thank you for, for acknowledging that. And, and so the, and, and, and I always give credit to my, uh, my wife, Winnie, because I mean, it's, you know, when it was our money, right? I mean, and we didn't have much. And she's like, you're going to Chicago, but you better, you know, right? But she was great about it. I mean, having a supportive spouse mm -hmm. is incredibly um, important on mm -hmm. our life journeys. So, um, but going back to this, so now, I, okay, so I can think big, and I don't have to listen to my self-limiting beliefs. I can actually start creating my own beliefs. And we call, today we call those affirmations, right? Um, uh, maybe we call them affirmations back then, but now it's a, a common thing. It's, it's just you know, you know, repeating what you want over yes. and over again, that type of thing. Um, the third item that he talked about in this particular seminar was building a repeatable and a duplicatable business. So, at that time, I, I had no business, like I didn't understand what I was doing, but it was like, okay, we have to find an activity that we can do that we know will generate a sale. And whatever that activity may be, duplicate it, like yes. do it as much as you can, okay. as fast as you can, and learn how to do that. And to do that, it, it ultimately involves building systems and mm -hmm. so forth and growing. But, but when you combine those three things together, that was the pivot in my life where I went from floundering to having direction and moving um, uh, from a career perspective in the, in the right. And mm -hmm. the person who uh, said all that, his name was Mike Ferry, and it was, so it was a really great uh, experience for me back then. There's, you know, now, can I go to the next absolutely, one? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that gave me a framework for growth, mm -hmm. which was added to by many, many, many other speakers and books and learning experiences, but that just, that was the pivot. There's a second pivot, which had to do with people. And we all sort of want to treat each other sort of the way we think mm -hmm. we want to be treated, right? Absolutely. That's the natural way of doing it. And it was really, well, actually, maybe a better way to do it is treat people the way they want to be treated, not the way that I think they want to be treated. And understanding that made a big difference, one, not only in the way that I treat people, but, but more importantly for my own self-esteem is understanding that the way they were treating me had a lot to do with the way they were wired. It had nothing actually to do with me. And, and so in real estate, we're, we're always working with people, negotiating mm -hmm. with people. There's mm -hmm. a lot of emotions that can go up right. and down, a lot of decisions that have to be made. And we come across what I, you know, what, what I learned in this training was there's basically four personality types that we're gonna come across. Okay. And some are gonna be very my way or highway right. style. Some are gonna be just let's make it fun style. Some don't want to rock the boat. They just want to like go with the flow. They just want a relationship. Let's do this. Let's all be nice. And some are total just data driven. Now, everybody's a piece of all four of those. I'm not trying to say that you're just one of them. Right. Everyone's a, a, a mixture. 
but people tend to have a dominant way of doing it, especially my way or the highway. Right. And you know what you're talking, everyone yeah, understands absolutely. that one, right? Right. And what I learned or what gave me peace is when I was dealing with somebody who was my way or the highway, just understand that his way of talking to me had nothing to do with me or her way of talking to me mm -hmm. had nothing to do with, with me. It was just the way they were wired. It was right. what is best for them in that moment. It's their way. Right. And the data relate, the data person for, on the other extreme would say, well, it had nothing to do with the relationship. It would just be, give me information, give me information, right. give me information. And then they'll make a decision that's best for them. Right. The relationship oriented person, it's, well, they'd be the other, they would, Ron, we hope you have the data and we hope you'll tell us what to do because we just need to get to know you, which may take a whole bunch of getting to meet you before we get to know you right. and like you. But once yes. we know you, like you and trust you, then whatever you say is what we're going to do. Right. And the, um, we call that just the have fun personality. Mm -hmm. um, as long as it's fun, they're in the game. But as mm -hmm. soon as the fun stops, they, they sort of, yeah. you know, they disappear. So you have to learn how to cater what you're doing to mm -hmm. these to these personality styles. And that, like I said, it not only was it a pivot in the way I related to other people, but it was a it allowed me not to feel not my own self-esteem to take a ding every time somebody treated mm -hmm. me in a way that was inconsistent with the way that right. I might treat someone else. Right. And and I think your point is well taken. You know, years ago when I first started in the training business in, in the late 80s. Um, now I'm dating myself, of course. Um, the big thing about learning and how to deal with people was something uh, called right brain, left brain theory. And it was quite simple. And I, I see your notations on your paper in which you've got that, that uh, kind of, I used to, we call it a Johari window at the time, but people call it different things, which is the, the basically a square that has the cross in the middle and you've got the four boxes with the left brain and the right brain, the right brain being people that are much more data-driven, point of fact, let's get the job done, let's make the deal, et cetera. And left brain people are like, well, let's go for coffee and donuts first and let's chat a little bit. Tell me about the family. Tell me what you like to do. I like the color shirt you have. Your shoes are great. Where did you get them? Can I buy them at the, what price I got to pay for them? Those sorts of things. And, and kind of, yes, that's, and, and a lot of training in dealing with people is revolves around that kind of those groupings. Some break it up into a lot more, some are a lot smaller, but yes. And, and how do you deal with people and what works for them? And it's not necessarily you, it's how do you figure out how to work best with them? Yeah, yeah. and you know, it's interesting you mentioned the Jahari's window because now, you know, since that was 1994, right? And now we're in the year 2019 mm -hmm. and the Jahari window was introduced to me. And I'm like, okay, so what is, and that's what are my blind spots right. that I don't see that all everyone around me sees right. that's like, well, you know, that they, they never tell you unless, you know, right. it's like, Ron, if you could just fix this little quirk right. in yourself, maybe you right. could, because it's hard to say that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But I'm, that's the area of my life where, I'm, where I find there's great opportunity for mm -hmm. improvement is what are my weaknesses mm -hmm. that I don't know are my weaknesses. Right. Yeah. Right. And for me, you know, over the years, I'm more of a right brain person. It's the facts. Let's do this. I'm a boom, boom, boom. I've got the processes down, et cetera. But working where I've worked in, for the last 28 years, I kind of had to shift a little bit more to the left-hand side because of the cultures I've dealt with, which let's talk about your families. How are things going? Tell me about what your son is doing lately. Let's have coffee. And, and always, at least in, in the organization that I was in, always starting any conversations or meetings with how are your family, how's your family doing? How's the spouse, the kids, your mother, your father, whatever the case might be. And, and that's always been the icebreaker to start it. 
But most people, at least in my work, always know I've always been the right brain kind of guy. We've got the process, we've got the facts, let's do it, let's boom, and get it done and do it the right way. And I know it's always been difficult for me to the left brain people, as I like to call them, the, the, the art people, the very creative people, et cetera, because I'm like trying to rope them in and say, you got to do this. And they're always saying, come on, Joe, you got to move out of that from the black and white. Think think different. And, and yeah. it's always been a challenge for me to try to push myself out of my comfort zone into that. Um, what a, for me, I think, and, and this will actually be probably another podcast for me is, what's the best training I've ever taken? And to be honest, I've taken a lot of different training courses on team building, et cetera. But the one that I think has been the best for me has been one run by the Boy Scouts of America and it's called Wood Badge. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not. So Wood Badge is what's considered to be advanced leader training for the Boy Scouts of America for volunteers like myself. And what they do is it's not a one day thing or a two day thing. It's usually either a week long event, meaning a good six days or three weekends plus work during the week. And what they do is they, they take you and they put you into the role of a scout. So you're no longer a leader, but you're a scout. And you have a patrol leader and you have, and I'm not sure how much you know about scouts and were you a scout no, now no. And, and all of that. But what makes the made this training best, and, and this is one of the things I find fault with a lot of corporate, corporate leadership training, a lot of corporate team building training, et cetera, is that the difference is with this course, there is follow through. And when I mean follow through, not that you have to do chip, but in order for you to quote unquote graduate, you actually have to do what they call a ticket. And a ticket are five items that you must complete before you can get your graduation certificate. And the, the term comes from the old British uh, colonial system, the British army, where Wherever you were stationed, when you were done with you were stationed, you had to buy your own ticket or get your own train ticket or boat ticket to get back to wherever you wanted to go. And so the, the philosophy was you work your ticket, they call it. So you have a ticket of five items you've got to complete and you've got to work it. In the old British system, the British Army, for example, you would try to work your ticket so that you get as close as you can to where your final destination was. So you wouldn't have to pay a lot of money out of pocket to get to your final place. So you keep working at it. And with the Boy Scouts, it was the same philosophy. You have five items. You had to work it. And I did it while I was a scoutmaster. And actually, that it, I must say it made me a better scout leader, a better scoutmaster, because I incorporated a lot of things I learned into actually what I had to do, whether it be a calendar, whether it be joining a troop, working with a troop that's not similar to us, uh, all of these sorts of things actually made me a better scout leader. And, and I think one of the faults, although we may um, internalize a lot of things we learn from these courses, a lot of times many of us leave courses and we're like, okay, we get back to our, our own jobs. This forced you to do it, which I thought was probably the best thing uh, experience because you had no, you had to graduate, you had to do, you had to work your ticket, you had to, you had to complete everything and get a sign off. Okay. Ron, before we, we finish up, um, if, if someone wants to contact you in your office to either buy or sell a property, um, what, what's the best way to do that? Well, sure, thank you. Yeah, we're here in the Metro Washington, D.C. area, and uh, they can visit the website, roncitrin.com. That's uh, R-O-N-S-I-T-R-I-N, or always welcome to call on my cell phone, 202 
321-4677. Thank you. Ron, once again, I want to I take this opportunity to thank you for spending your valuable time sharing a lot of your insights over the last three podcasts we've done. Um, I, I've been very impressed by you um, hearing you speak at Network Bethesda. You get up and you impromptu speak and you say some words and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm like blown away. I know others others who work with him say, Rod, what, what are you crazy? But I, I've been quite impressed by you, um, how you've internalized a lot of the things you've learned over the years. Uh, for me, I may not always say it. I, I internalize a lot of things and just do them. That's kind of just my personality. I guess it comes from my father, who's a Depression-era World War II uh, person. Kind of internalize it and just do it. But I, I cannot thank you enough for being a part of my podcast, uh, sharing your knowledge with my listeners, um, and, and sharing your knowledge with me and, and the other members of the Network Bethesda Group. So once again, Ron, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, this is Joseph Barone. CEO, Corporate Learning Consultant of A Fool for Learning, signing out. Please remember, learn, perform, succeed.